You're listening to Ithaca Now, WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Beck Legato, and thank you for joining us. On tonight's show, we're going to hear from myself as I speak with Ithaca Common Council member Robert Cantelmo as we speak about his role in the passing of the bill that labeled Ithaca a sanctuary town for abortion and reproductive health care. Ithaca Common Council, a group that was created to tackle all kinds of local issues, passed legislation on July 6th of this year, directly following the overturn of Roe v. Wade, which assured reproductive health care for all women. This legislation passed in Ithaca combated the overturn, labeling Ithaca as a sanctuary town for abortions. I spoke with Robert Cantelmo, an Ithaca Common Council member of the Fifth Ward, who helped create the bill that was put in place this past summer. On July 6th of this year, Ithaca was officially declared a sanctuary town for reproductive health care and abortions in response to the overturning of the historic Roe v. Wade. With a women's right to an abortion left to the decision of politicians, the Ithaca Common Council created and passed a bill that would assure abortions and reproductive health care to continue in the Ithaca area, labeling Ithaca a sanctuary town and assuring safe health care without the fear of any legal retribution. This is the first part in a multi-part series to highlight the members of the Ithaca community that help provide abortion or reproductive health care, as well as the people who created the legislation to protect the reproductive rights of women. So to start, could you describe your job as a council person here in Ithaca? Absolutely. So I'm uh, relatively newly elected. I began my first term in January, and I represent uh, Fall Creek and Cornell Heights in the fifth ward for the city of Ithaca. Um, I chair the city administration committee, which oversees uh, intergovernmental relations, um, budgetary issues, public finance, human resources, things like that. Uh, And I'm also a member of the newly formed uh, special committee on public safety. That was Robert Jaswaldo Cantelmo, a member of the Ithaca Common Council that introduced this idea to make Ithaca a, quote, sanctuary town and assuring that abortions would be safely done. As well as working for the Common Council, Cantelmo also works for the Ignaldi Center at Cornell University. I mean, first of all, like many people in the Ithaca community, when I arrived, uh, I had no idea uh, that it would sort of become my home. And I arrived to become a graduate student in a PhD program in the government department, which has been a wonderful experience. And I've gotten to meet a lot of students that have, you know, kind of uh, come in and out of the community. Uh, But one of the things that helps really inform is Ithaca, I think, has a really valuable culture of inclusivity and sort of belonging. And the dynamism of the Cornell community helps us see that you can be an Ithaca resident for 40, 50, 60 years, um, but you're just as much an Ithacan, you know, the the day you drop your stuff off at your dorm at Ithaca College or at Cornell. And that's one of the things I think that keeps us an exciting place to live. And I think it's a, one of the things that keeps this like sort of a, a much more dynamic community than you than you might see elsewhere. Uh, in in central New York. And I think one of the things that is also really important is, um, you know, Cornell brings a tremendous amount of resources. It's obviously a big draw to people looking to study or to work. Uh, But the attractiveness is also felt uh, in in the housing market. Uh, It's it's felt in the job market. 
And so understanding how policy issues affect those who are our long-term residents, as well as those who are maybe our future long-term residents, you know, like myself, who, who arrived here um, and integrated into the community uh, and didn't realize that they'd be here in the long term. Uh, and that, or, or the students who know for certain that they're only going to be here for, for four years. I mean, I think everyone deserves a welcoming and enjoyable, you know, experience living in our community. But, but it's very clear that different policy issues affect people in, in really different ways. And so it's been very helpful, especially, you know, living where I live uh, in Cornell Heights, really kind of in the midst of a lot of the off-campus housing uh, community and, and pretty close to, you know, Risley Hall and the new North, North Campus area. Um, it's been really helpful to kind of stay plugged into the variety of, of uh, different, you know, neighbors. Cantelmo had a large dedication to the housing crisis in his Common Council campaign. His official website details out that he supports zoning reform to improve livability, good cause eviction, which would assure that no residents are unjustly evicted, and accessory dwelling units that would legalize residential units and allow single families to meet the housing needs of their family. I mean, sometimes it's uh, trying to see how you can thread the needle on an issue, uh, understanding how it affects different communities, right? So I talked about housing a little bit. Um, you know, housing hits different populations in different ways. So uh, the long-term rental community and the short-term student rental community interacts quite significantly. You know, the need for more quality, affordable housing is, is I think, a nationwide one. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that we're upwards of 70%, you know, rentals in this community and the competition is really stark. At the same time, right, that tight housing supply, especially when it's converted to Airbnbs, especially when it's converted to, you know, uh, uh, you know, shorter term rentals, that constricts the opportunities for people who are maybe looking to make that break, you know, that jump from, you know, rental to home ownership. And it prices a lot of people out. It pushes a lot of people out of the city. And I think it also, even for the folks who are, who are home, you know, we, we've noticed that aging in place becomes really difficult. Um, if you are on a fixed income or you're a retiree, as your property value increases, right, it might seem like a, a nominally good thing until you see the associated tax increases with that, right? And so understanding housing from a from a broad perspective, I think helps both in terms of, you know, signaling to constituents that you understand the issue affects people in different ways and recognize that you need to have a really wide lens on how you solve the problem. At the same time, I'll talk a little bit about, uh, I'm sure you've heard, uh, you know, recently Ithaca became a sanctuary city for reproductive health care. And, you know, one of the things that was really important to me in trying to push that legislation forward uh, following the leaked decision about Roe v. Wade was, you know, we do have a large student population and we do have folks from all over the country. And the idea that someone might move to, again, a very welcoming and inclusive and diverse community from a much more reactionary state and then have to live in this kind of shadow of fear of like, if I need reproductive health care, am I going to be punished by my home state? You know, we wanted to be able to approach that problem in a way that says, no, you know, here are the values that we have as a community. Here's what we're going to do to uphold your rights and protect them, even if other parts of this country are trying to roll back the clock to the 1970s. In the wake of Roe v. Wade, 
Cantelmo began to work to maintain women's rights in the Tompkins County, Ithaca area, and on July 6th, he and the Common Council did just that, passing a unanimous vote to protect abortion and reproductive health care rights for women in the Ithaca region. I mean, I was really heartened to see how much support it had among the community and, and among my colleagues. Um, it, to me, it kind of felt like a no-brainer. I mean, I've, I've said several times, you know, I'm, I'm born in the 80s. Uh, abortion has been legal in this country for longer than I've been alive. And the idea that we are now having to uh, refight battles that you know, our previous generation had already won was, was, uh, was really quite hard. Um, but I was, you know, again, I've seen a lot of the work that's been done by local groups like End Abortion Stigma, uh, by Planned Parenthood of Greater New York in trying to, you know, turn this into, uh, channel this in a positive way, right. To, 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 you know, be more active, to, uh, help educate people about what rights they do have uh, and, and what resources exist out there. I think it's a first tentative step, but I think it signals to the community writ large. We see these issues and we are prepared to do what we can to, you know, carry forward where the federal government's failing us. Absolutely. And could you walk me through uh, what you had to do in order to introduce this ordinance? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think writing legislation is very fun. Um, but, you know, you start with an idea, right? And so Ithaca did a similar uh, ordinance about being a sanctuary city for uh, undocumented Americans a few years ago. And so capitalizing on that idea, looking at what tools we had available and what would stand up to legal challenge, right? Because we want to make sure we're not just doing something for the sake of doing it. We want to make sure that it's effective. Um, and so I worked on a draft of that and circulated it to colleagues. I always find it's best practice, uh, you know, to give people, you know, uh, some time to digest proposed legislation. Uh, it takes a little bit longer, but I think it, it ultimately provides a better product. And, you know, I worked with my colleagues, we talked about it in committee. Um, I, I spoke with some of them one on one. I think there was also, you know, a question about that we did a little bit of an unusual thing where we put a cause to action in there where we're basically saying if we fail to uphold your rights, right, uh, that we're inviting suit. And it's an unusual thing. But again, I think these are unusual circumstances. And we wanted to really be able to say, like, there is a, there are teeth in this enforcement mechanism, right? We are not going to be sharing your private medical information with what I call these sort of like out-of-state vigilante prosecutorial statutes that have been adopted. Um, a lot of productive conversation, a uh, lot of, again, enthusiasm for the community. I really, uh, I really appreciate community advocates who who called and wrote to us uh, in support of the uh, in support of the legislation. Um, and yeah, we're happy to have it passed. Cantelmo elaborated, saying that women or people seeking abortion or health care services cannot be held accountable legally through the passing of this legislation. Uh, so what the, yeah, what the legislation does is instead it says, um, essentially, if you procure an abortion lawfully in New York State, which where it still is the law of the land, um, or you aid in the provision of an abortion, that uh, the, the no city resources right? Whether that's funds, whether that's uh, police, whether that's 
other members of the civil service, right? No city resources will be utilized in detaining a person who has received a lawful abortion or aided in the provision, or uh, no medical information will be shared. And so, you know, we're it's essentially saying the city of Ithaca is not going to comply with, again, what I call these vigilante uh, laws in other states that I guess we're not just content to roll back human rights 40 years at home and felt the need to try to reach beyond their borders and do that elsewhere. And so, you know, uh, your, your question about the feeling of responsibility, I mean, I think it's the least we as a community can do. Um, if you live here, my, my view is if you live here, this is your home and you should feel safe to exercise all of your human rights to the fullest extent. And you should know that this community stands behind you. How has reactions to the passing of this abortion bill had an impact on you? I mean, I've been very fortunate. This community is very fortunate in that we have, I think, uh, we're, we're really largely of one mind on this. I mean, I think people are very supportive. Um, I've had the privilege of uh, working with municipalities elsewhere in New York State uh, on introducing similar legislation in the Hudson Valley, uh, elsewhere in upstate New York, uh, in the Southern Tier. And I think, you know, it's like a, it often does is, is uh, really kind of setting the pace here in, in responding, uh, recognizing that, you know, people are going to uh, try, people are going to have to respond to their healthcare needs no matter where they live, right? And again, I mean, I'm, I'm not the first person and I won't be the last to say, you can't outlaw abortion, you can just outlaw safe abortion. And we are trying to help, I think, broaden the domain of what is safe by saying these are safe communities these are welcoming welcoming communities if you live somewhere where there are anti-choice politicians in power know that you know the day you arrive you are an Ithacan and we are here to protect and preserve your rights jorge de fendini another council member in an ithaca voice article stated that this bill set a standard for other cities to follow cantelmo largely agreed with his fe fellow council members words you know, I think, you know, I think he's largely right. I mean, again, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak with uh, elected leaders around the state uh, since the introduction and the passage of our bill. Um, I know that they are finding ways to do something similar in their communities. Um, we've even seen, uh, you know, since that introduction, we've also seen uh, legislation passed at the state level uh, that, that extends protections. So, you know, I do think it is a model for showing how we can be creative in responding to uh, policy failures where the federal government stumbles. Um, you know, I think one of the things as a policymaker that is so frustrating at times is there are always far more people out there who are willing to diagnose a problem uh, than they are willing to come up with a solution to it. And no solution is going to be perfect, but I think the, the important thing here is we've got to be able to look to our neighbors and find creative solutions and roll those out where possible, because it's never sufficient to just say, yep, this is a problem. I hope somebody fixes it. It seems like from your answers, you have this big dedication to this idea of community. And how has this idea of community helped you as a council person? Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I've got to give a bit of a cliched answer, I guess, and say, you know, it's it's really, uh, I think, in large part driven by the fact that I am a 
parent of young children. Um, both of my kids were born in Ithaca. Uh, and it was really, I think, the last major thing that happened to my wife and I that really anchored us here and, and, and made us realize just how much of a privilege it was to be able to live in a, in a, a very diverse, and intellectually stimulating, really welcoming community. And over the years of living here, seeing, you know, little things and sometimes big things that are problems that stand in the way of people being able to live their life. Um, it was just, I was kind of really motivated by a desire to, to try to help fix that. Um, I'm a bit of, I mean, I'm clearly a wonky guy. I love getting into the nitty gritty of policy. And again, you're never going to find the perfect answer, but I felt that if I had ideas that could help contribute to, uh, improving the overall quality of life here that, you know, I would give it a shot. Absolutely. And in your own opinion, do you believe that Ithaca is, as it stands today, a safe haven for abortion care and options for all women or people with the ability to become pregnant? Absolutely. Kentelmo concluded our conversation by encouraging locals to vote in the upcoming election, especially for the city manager. Um, I would just remind people that there is a referendum uh, coming up for government reform in the city for the city manager. Uh, city manager, my quick pitch for it is, you know, it is a really, uh, it came out of progressive politics. Uh, and it is the idea of, we have elected representatives, but especially in smaller communities, you don't always have a chief executive who has the administrative chops to run a large organization like that, right? You don't have the same economies of scale that you do in the Chicago's and in the New York's. And what the city manager enables us to do is have a set of elected leaders who are responsible to the constituency, uh, who then can appoint under a sort of fixed term, a, a professional with the administrative experience to implement the vision of the community and of council. And so I would say I would really encourage folks to go out and vote in support of that um, and to, at minimum, educate themselves more about what a city manager model means. Intelmo plans to continue to maintain women's health care rights in the region and has a large dedication to always trying to do more for those in need of assistance. And with his role in the Ithaca community, he was able to do just that this past July. For WICB News, I'm Beck Wigato. That is all for tonight's edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now to hear this show anywhere, anytime. Also subscribe to the latest to hear our daily newscasts every weekday. Just search WICB News Presents on your favorite podcast app. For more updates throughout the week, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WICB News. This show wouldn't happen without the support and assistance from manager of television and radio operations, Jeremy Menard, WICB station manager, Connor Hibbard, and programming director, Harrison Kona. Thank you. WICB, nope. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff of Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas, just want to say hi, feel free to reach out by emailing news at WICB.org. We will be back with a full episode of Ithaca Now at 7 p.m. next Sunday.